Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is October 17th, 2020, which means I'm on day 308 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Now, I'll admit, folks, usually baseball is not all that exciting, but the series is close in both the National League and American League. It looks like the L.A. Dodgers are attempting to remain alive against the Atlanta Braves, who are up 3-2 on the series and play them again today at 1.30. Then, at 5, the tied series between the Houston Astros and Devil Rays continue, and I gotta say... I am impressed with this Houston Astros team and organization as a whole. They were down 0-3 in the series, came back to win three in a row, and are on track to do something that has almost never been done in the Major League's postseason, and that is come back from a 3-0 deficit and win a series. I gotta say, if they do that, I have confidence they will win the World Series no matter who they play. But we're going to have to find out who that will be after today. If the Dodgers can stay alive, they'll push it to a Game 7. And I hope that happens just so that there's more sports to watch. Because let's face facts. As soon as baseball is over, we know the NBA is already over. We will only have football. And football is great, but it's only Sundays and Mondays. And Thursdays when when the teams that are playing aren't terrible. But it just seems like they've been putting some garbage on Thursday night football. So for me, I need daily sports. Speaking of which, UFC Fight Night Live tonight on ESPN Plus featuring Brian Ortega against the Korean Zombie. Yes, that is the main event. Starts at 4 p.m. Yeah, the main card starts at 4. Does not mean the main fight will start at 4. It'll probably start around 5 or 6. But either way, the prelims begin at 1 p.m., Strange time, I know. So at 1 p.m., we've got fights. At 1.30, we've got baseball. At 4 p.m., we've got main event fights. And at 5 p.m., we've got more baseball. Now, I told you all I was going to go to SeaWorld yesterday. I did it. I brought my children. It was a pile of garbage. It was complete trash. I was so pissed. Nobody had a good time. My kids, I guess they had fun because it was basically you pay a whole bunch of money to get into SeaWorld, then you pay 25 bucks to park, and then you wait in a massive line to get in, even though you've set an appointment to even go there, and then they send you through this wall of thermometer checking, or temperature checking with this massive thermometer thing, then... After they make sure you're good to go and you're masked up and you stay six feet apart while you're in line to get in, you're greeted by the person who checks your ticket and after which there is nothing. None of the exhibits were open. None of the rides were on. None of the arcade was available for the children. There was nothing. All there was was three shows you could watch, which we saw all three because 
No, we saw two of them. The third one was sea lions or something. Nobody cares about that. So we saw the killer whale show and the dolphin show, which were, yes, fantastic. But it was also annoying because in all the seats, there would be four people allowed on one row and then they would stagger all the people into different areas. So you wouldn't sit anywhere near anyone else, which, you know, I don't really care about that. But it just didn't seem like a lively event with such a few amount of people there. And it was it was just stupid. Now, I did sit in the very front row of the Killer Whale show, which, you know, if you don't want to get wet is a big time mistake. I didn't mind it. I got drenched. The Killer Whale flapped its tail with water directly at us. Now, I don't know how they're so smart, but when they tell them to do this stuff, they do it. And it, that was incredible. Other than that, the entire park was just these candy stations for kids that you would walk up to. And it was basically a solid plexiglass booth so the person wouldn't have to breathe your air or be around you. And then there were these little, little pipe chutes where they would send the candy down so they wouldn't have to hand the candy to you with their hands. And you weren't allowed to catch the candy with your hand. Uh, and I didn't bring a candy bag because I just didn't think any of this stupid crap was going on. I thought they would at least provide you with a candy bag or, or anything. And so we used my daughter's witch hat because she was dressed up as a witch to collect the candy. Even though one of the places wouldn't give us candy because we didn't enter the area following the stupid arrows on the ground. We came from the other side, and so they refused to serve us. And another person wouldn't serve us because my son put his hand up to the candy chute. And it was just like a bunch of idiot SeaWorld employees trying to enforce COVID rules while there was nothing in the whole park for us to see anyway. It was complete garbage. Out of the, let's say out of 100%, of normal activities and things you can do in SeaWorld, 10% of it was available to us, 10%. Now, why would you open up your doors to anybody? Charge people general admission to get in, the regular price, it's like 85 bucks a person, and 25 to park, and they see nothing inside. No aquariums, no anything, I'm telling you. It was ridiculous. It was such a waste of time. I'm never doing it again until they reopen fully outside of this COVID BS. I'm done with it. SeaWorld sucks. I'm on board with the people that hate it. I'm not against the animal cruelty stuff. I don't think there is animal cruelty. They treat them great. But I am on board with hating SeaWorld anyways. So down with SeaWorld. Let's boycott them. Mike Tyson came clean about why he looked like he was dead dead on a UK interview on Good Morning Britain and apparently he wasn't on drugs he wasn't drunk he wasn't any of these things we thought he didn't have a stroke during the interview he was tired apparently considering how early the interview takes place so they can air it on Good Morning Britain he attempted to stay up the entire night and be ready for the interview but According to him and his trainers, he typically goes to sleep really early 
because he trains all day so physically hard that he gets tired and passes out around 8 at the latest 10 p.m. So on this night, when he attempted to stay awake until, I don't know, 4 or 5 a.m. when they were going to do the interview, it did not work out for him. He fell asleep hard, and they had to vigorously attempt to wake him up. He says he sleeps like a lion, and it's really hard to wake him up. And when they finally did, he was still in a state of sleepiness, and he couldn't see what was you know, written on the monitors, and he wasn't looking at the camera. And those were all the reasons why he looked like a stupid, dim-witted drunk and sounded like he was dying on that interview. Now, I don't get this guy. I mean, Mike Tyson is training harder than anybody ever would for a charity exhibition match. If he knows he's not going to really fight Roy Jones Jr., it's just going to be a friendly game of let's kind of shadow punch each other and give the people a show, take it to decision, and we'll make money for charity and make ourselves popular in the eyes of the public again. Then why is he training so hard? I have a feeling he's just going to come out and go balls to the wall, nuts on Roy Jones Jr. and beat the shit out of him and knock his ass out. Like, I've never seen Mike Tyson fight without wanting to knock the other person out. So, I, if I'm Jones Jr., I would train just as hard as Tyson is because I would prepare for a battle, which I think will take place when they fight each other coming up next month. The fast food chain Popeyes is bringing back a beloved tradition this holiday season of selling whole turkeys for Thanksgiving, Cajun style. Now, I've never thought of buying my Thanksgiving dinner from a fast food restaurant, ever. I cook a turkey. I know how to do it. It's very easy. It's delicious. If you buy a turkey bag and shove it in there with a couple onions and carrots and flour the top, salt, pepper, and some butter... You can't fail. It's in a turkey bag. It'll tell you when it's done when the little plastic indicator pops out of the turkey. So for anyone who's too lazy to do it, then I guess I understand this. But for anyone who's afraid to do it, don't be a fool. It's the easiest thing to make ever. And it's so awesome to make your own turkey. You get to choose how you want to flavor it. You get to choose what you want to do. I put some rosemary and thyme on mine. I baste it in butter the entire time it cooks. Oh, I do so much, it's crazy. I add a lot of vegetables, I add a lot of stuff. But apparently you don't need to do anything if you want a Cajun-style turkey, except cough up around 40 bucks, because that's the starting price at Popeye's Chicken, where they will sell turkey... Yes, so Popeye's chicken will sell turkeys for Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know. I'm skeptical about this. I don't feel like this could be a quality item, you know, just considering the fact that it's Popeye's chicken. But maybe you could prove me wrong. If somebody buys a Popeye's chicken holiday turkey with Cajun rub and all that, I mean, I'd be willing to try it. I'm not going to say no to any turkey no matter where it's from. I love turkey. It's delicious. But I'm not going to buy that myself. Now, 
I'm going to make one. That's what I always do. And I will say I'm not even used to buying a turkey myself anyway because in most of the years previous, my wife had worked at the Hilton. And one of the things they do for their employees, because it's union, is give their employees turkeys for Thanksgiving. Yes. And Christmas, I think. I think they do it for both holidays. So, hell, I came up each time it was Thanksgiving because the wife would come home with a big giant turkey. I didn't pay for it. She didn't pay for it. But I sure as hell am going to cook it. And this time around, I'm actually going to have to buy one and spend money. Not a big deal for me. I'll find a $30, $40 turkey and I won't have to get it from Popeye's Chicken which just sounds like an oxymoron to say it. I'm going to Popeye's Chicken to buy myself a Thanksgiving turkey. I mean, come on. You ever heard of a mountain coaster? Yes. A roller coaster that takes you around a mountain. Well, the longest mountain coaster in North America is about to open to the public in New York's Lake Placid. And the cool thing about this is, it follows the 1932 and then again in 1980 Olympic bobsled track that was put there specifically for those two Olympics and is now being refurbished and is complete as a ride that you can ride for 65 bucks with a kid or 55 bucks by yourself and you get to control the speed of it and you get to, I guess, kind of be the driver, according to this, yeah, according to reports. And it tells you about the 1980 Winter Olympics as you roll along, giving you bits of information on this 1.4 mile long track. That's pretty long for a coaster. I mean, you think most roller coasters, they're probably at most an eighth to a quarter of a mile and this one is a mile and a mile point four. I mean, that's a good time. I don't know about 55 bucks. I would say 35 makes more sense, but it's New York. So let's face facts. It's going to be more money than you expect. And apparently this old complex at Lake Placid, where they had multiple Olympics, it has now been converted into a fun, just park of good times with gondolas and a zip line and a mountain biking trail, and they spent $240 million to update this place so that it is a tourist destination and not just a washed-up old Olympic site. The official name of the spot is Mount Van Hovenberg. Probably saying it wrong, but none of that really matters. It's on Lake Placid, which, as you may recall, is also a terrible movie about overgrown alligators that were eating people's livestock and killing people. And I have to admit, I've seen the movie, I think, more than once. Yes, it was just one of those random, like, DVDs that my family had back when DVDs were brand new. And I was like, eh, I've seen all the VHS tapes a million times. Let's watch Lake Placid again on DVD. But either way, if you're ever in New York and you need an outdoorsy good time, Try out these, you know, this mountain roller coaster that goes 1.4 miles. It's got to be a good time. It looks amazing. I want to hit it up. I would pay the 55 for it.
Although I'm never going to New York. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we all absolutely love. And that is Real Stories brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hankst, and Barbecusion. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today, folks, speaking of roller coasters, I want to tell you a story about a coaster in Vegas. Now, I've told another story before about when I took shrooms in Vegas and I was at the peak of my fry and I was walking by a NASCAR-style roller coaster that used to go out of a hotel casino called the Sahara, which is now no longer there. It's something else. It's called like the SLS or some kind of like uppity club-style hotel. But back when it was the Sahara, I was walking by just the entrance of this roller coaster and I saw a couple fighting and then the woman looks at me and says, why don't we just give the tickets to this guy? I don't want to ride this ride. Do you guys want a free ticket to this NASCAR roller coaster that my stupid boyfriend bought? And of course, I obliged. Hell yeah, I took those tickets. Hell yeah, I was shrooming my eyes out. And hell yeah, I freaking rode that ride and it was crazy. But that's not even the story I'm telling. I've told that story before. It was a good time. I encountered two young British people in line while I was frying, and they made me laugh the entire time, which probably made me look like I was on drugs, because I was. But a completely separate time, when I was in the Circus Circus at the Adventure Dome, which is like a built-in theme park inside the Circus Circus. It's basically where you send your kids so you can go gamble, because... Let's face facts. Kids should not be in Vegas. I don't know why people bring their children. It's not fun for them. It makes no sense. But people do it all the time, which is totally weird. In this case, I chose to go in there like I was a kid. I was fresh to the 21 game, and I just enjoy a good theme park. So I went into this adventure dome drunk as a skunk. It was the last day I was going to be in Vegas, and in my pocket I had a glass pipe I had bought on the strip that I had used to smoke weed the entire time I was there. I thought, wouldn't it be funny if I could put this somewhere that no one would ever find it, that I knew it was there, so if I needed it again, I could get it back. Because I was thinking, where could I stash this glass pipe that I could get back to it? It's not going to be in my hotel room, because I'm not going to ever get the same room randomly. I'm not going to be able to stash it on the street. Some crazy druggie or tweaker or somebody who really loves weed will find it or smash it or whatever. So I was thinking, where do I put this marijuana pipe? It was actually a pretty nice pipe. And I, you know, it was one of those scenarios where I didn't know that Vegas would become legal and they would sell pipes and weed everywhere. I never thought that I would see that day. So it was long before then. It was when it was highly illegal still. And I get on this little roller coaster that's indoor. This indoor adventure dome roller coaster inside the Circus Circus. And as it's taking you up before you go down a not very steep grade on this roller coaster, uh, I realize the little setting that you're in where it's trying to have like, you know, little effects and other fake bushes and trees and things around you to make it kind of seem like you're doing something outside. I don't know what the deal was, but there was an area in which I could chuck the pipe and you would never be able to get to it unless you were a worker miraculously climbing 
all the structure and getting to where some of the detail was surrounding the roller coaster itself and nobody would ever go there i could tell there was stuff already thrown there some people had thrown some change and it was it was probably been there since the very beginning so i threw the putt and people saw me which was funny and nobody judged me which was also weird because at the time it was still vegas where people hated weed and they only wanted you to be there drinking for some reason doing cocaine was still okay but if they see with anything regarding weed back then oh you're a terrible person all of a sudden crazy i don't know why but i throw the pipe it bounces a couple times and lands perfectly behind this fake bush that's just like a picture of a bush to the extent in which you could never see it unless you knew exactly when and where to look on this ride, which nobody ever would because they were always looking ahead or looking down because right before you drop down this hill and start going down this roller coaster all crazy. And so it was a perfect placement of this pipe, a perfect pipe placement to where I could retrieve it. But then I thought, how the hell would I get it? How am I ever going to get that back? I'm so dumb and so stoned and so drunk, I actually thought stashing a pipe on a roller coaster in the background staging area somewhere would make sense to get it back someday, even though it would be an impossible task to do so. So then I realized I was just stupid, and I just threw a pipe back there. But uh, I ended up having a good time on the ride, and I actually had a blast in the Adventure Dome thing of Circus Circus. I'll admit, that's the best part of the Circus Circus. In fact, I watched one of those, you know, what is it, uh, like people on the tight ropes that go back and forth, you know, like the Flying Graysons did on uh, in Batman before the Dick Grayson's parents fell off and died because they cut the, they snipped the rope on him. Well, I watched one of those things, and it was okay. And I, you know, I gambled there. It's filthy, it's old, it's disgusting. I didn't have fun at all in the Circus Circus, my room was terrible, except in the Adventure Dome where the kid area is. I don't even know if it's called the Adventure Dome, I keep calling it that, it's probably something else, but if you're bored out of your mind and you have your children with you in Vegas, they would love that place, otherwise stay the hell away from Circus Circus, it's a big fat pile of shit. And I appreciate you listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today. Folks, it means a lot to me to have listeners like you. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. I'm going to play a song for you folks. That's a classic. Everybody's heard it. But some people don't understand what the gentleman says in the chorus of this song. A lot of people think it's, We gonna get out of line Some people think big old Carolina, but it's actually Jet Airliner, which happens to be the name of the song by Steve Miller Band. Classic, fantastic song, Jet Airliner. I'm going to play it for you right now. Hope you enjoy. If you don't, I don't care.